Thank you for joining us on the RP Experience. I'm your host, Andrew Regenhard. Today, we have one of our amazing preferred partners, Aaron Barnes, with Resolutions Title, and one of our top producing agents, Stan Whitcomb, with Premier Plus. Aaron, uh, do you want to start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and why you invited Stan? Sure, sure. So, Aaron Barnes, of course. Andrew, you and I have known each other for a while now. Um, great magazine. We always seem to match up on events because... Uh, uh, any of the events that we go to, uh, we always seem to see uh, about the same number of people. But uh, anyway, so my company's Resolutions Title. Uh, we're a national commercial agent. We close primarily commercial transactions and always have uh, until we moved uh, and opened an office here in Naples. And we started closing more residential down here because the size of transactions down here are about the size of a small commercial deal in the Midwest. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> so it's hard not to do that. But uh, so my company's primarily focused on commercial transactions, but we do close residential. And uh, that's actually how Stan and I know each other so well. But uh, but you're uh, not from down here, are you? No. Uh, my corporate office is in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. it's been there since 2010. And uh, our goal, my, my family's goal, uh, my wife, Lori, and my two boys, Blake and Braden, Blake's 16, Braden's 13. They still go to high school in St. Louis or junior high in high school. And uh, our goal was to start spending a lot more time down here. Um, that was the main reason for the original office to open. Now, you invited one of our top producers, Stan. Why would yeah. you invite him? He's <laughs> like the mayor of Naples. <laughs> He does know everyone. (laughs) Well, I've been here a while. (laughs) He was one of the first guys that I met here. And uh, he he, he and his brother have been very, very good to us in uh, in a short amount of time. We we love those guys. And Stan, he's he's got the personality to do something like this as well. Yeah, Yeah. he's perfect. So, well, Stan, we've been talking about you. You got to introduce yourself. I heard that. Yeah. Um, Stan Whitcomb, uh, the Whitcomb Group at Premier Plus Realty. you know, so uh, it's been great. I work with my brother, as you know, and it's been awesome. And, of course, working with Aaron has been fantastic because he does some, you know, does things beyond what normal title companies do, which is great for us. Um, and I love the magazine you guys have put together. It's really a class act and like what you're doing. And your, your parties are pretty fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> they are. We just got done with one yeah, uh, that last was, week. That so. was great. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. But, you know, um, I grew up in Naples. Uh, been here for over 40 years. Um, old Naples High School, played sports, and ended up, uh, you know, you know, leaving and, and experiencing some other cities, you know, that was great, actually. Um, my brother actually lived in St. Louis for a while, uh, so, you know, and then we kind of all moved back to Naples and discovered what a great area this is and how much we love it here and, and never left, and so that's kind of what happened. Um, and Naples has grown in such a great way. It's been fabulous to kind of grow with the town, you know course we've seen a lot of changes over 40 years sure. um our father was involved in real estate and development and uh worked with the uh, collier family back in the day and that's how we ended up in naples to begin with but uh you know being in the in the business um has just been great you know, this, of course the last few years have been amazing you know for our industry and and so that's that's been also exciting and building a team around it and helping you know, other young agents kind of get started and other experienced agents get the support they need. So I've been kind of growing a team, which is or a group, which has been yeah. fun, fun for me because um, you know I've been working for development sales for 20 years, right? And and it was pretty much just me, and now I got a team around that it's it's fun to see ourselves motivating each other and right. coming to the office, and it's just been it's been a lot of fun. Now, Aaron, you were t- talking a little bit about your business here. Sure. Um, so h- you how'd you get into real or how'd you get into title? 
so in 2003, um, in, in St. Louis, uh, in 2003, I'd been involved in real estate, building spec homes, starting to build a few custom homes. And one of the companies that I was working there in St. Louis with was a national underwriter office. And uh, I was getting married in the spring of 2003. And I was running all over the city, managing projects and properties. And my wife, now wife, Lori is like, listen, you're not going to work seven days a week. And so I was sort of having that conversation with the people at that underwriter office. And uh, I developed a pretty good relationship with them. And they were actually looking for somebody at the time to come in and help run their business development for the commercial markets, their commercial uh, uh, departments, I guess, both for St. Louis and Kansas City. My wife is from Kansas City, so we spent a lot of time there. We had a lot of relationships there, and I did in St. Louis. And so that was in 2003 when things were really good. Mm -hmm. And so I signed an independent contractor deal with them and came in and in a short time had a, had a lot of success, uh, more than they anticipated, frankly. And uh, so towards the end of that contract, they, were, they weren't feeling the love as much because my deal was pretty generous that I'd negotiated because I don't think they thought that I was actually going to do what I did. Mm -hmm. And so I, I left them in October 2010, went to another small agency in uh, St. Louis. And at the time when I joined them, they had three offices and 20 employees roughly and were primarily a residential company. And over the next, uh, I guess, seven years, I grew that to 23 offices and almost 100 employees. And at the peak, I think we were doing over 1,000 transactions a month. And uh, it, you go from managing, pro managing business and relationships, which is originally what I fell in love with about this business, right. to managing people and problems, mm -hmm. right, at that sort of volume. And uh, so 2010 came along, and uh, the company I was with before, I just it, it wasn't going the direction that either one of us had wanted, frankly. We were in, it's still in the recession. And uh, talked with my wife, and we both decided that, you know what, if, if we're ever going to try to do it on our own, now's the time to try to do it. Mm -hmm. And she was behind me 100%. And so we went all in. And it's still being in the recession, um, it wasn't an easy time to try to go out and find business, <laughs> and especially commercial at that point. And uh, I uh, never looked back, essentially. Um, that was in October 2010. We just turned uh, to, in 2020, we turned 10 years old. And uh, that was a big milestone for us. But this company, Resolutions, I always had the plan that we weren't going to have a ton of employees. We we're going to stay focused primarily on commercial as much as we could, institutional type uh, clients. And uh, um, it's been fantastic. Yeah, we've been very lucky. I've got fantastic people that work with me. Um, my senior VP, he's been with me essentially since I started the company. Wow. And uh, he's Ryan Booty is his name, and he's he's fantastic. Great the, yeah, he's really a great guy. guy. Great guy. Um, and in this business, you've got to have people you trust, mm -hmm. right? You're handling money. You're handling transactions. You're handling a lot of documents and confidential information. And you've got to have people you trust. And the people that have been with us, for as long as they have, um, have not only earned mine, has earned our clients' trust. And uh, I think that's what, anytime we get a chance to deal with somebody new coming to a market like this, you got to hit it out of the park with your relationships. And you may stumble and stub your toe a little bit now and then, but it, you, you have to be able to earn their trust and know that your people are going to take care of it. <laughs> that's for sure. I get this question because obviously we're in uh, in real estate and we deal with a lot of uh, individuals like yourself and, and Stan and, and the realtors. What is title? 
People ask that yeah, to me all the title. time. What is title? Title is history of the property, essentially. Um, a title is the vesting of, of a property, owning it. Uh, when you buy something, you know, you want to buy this cup, you pay for it, you pay a sales tax on it, you know you own it. In real estate, whenever it changes hands, that's handled by recording specific documents in, at the county. And without getting in too great a detail, it's basically a recorded transaction history that we have to follow. And if there's ever been anything recorded against the property, such as mortgages, or if the property has been resurveyed or re, you know, restructured in any way, those legal descriptions also have to be recorded. And so we go back through history, especially on commercial transactions, typically up to 100, and in many cases, uh, over 100 years, we can find the history, go back as far as you can, especially when it's going to be a development deal. Um, you don't want anything to pop up like a vesting transfer. So for example, if you know, you had a family member leave you a, a interest in a piece of property that they owned, your grandfather, what have you, mm -hmm. and uh, you never released that interest, but that property continued to change hands over the years, you would want some way to be able to assert your interest. Right. Well, we, when we research property, we issue a title policy on it. And that title policy is the insurance to the current owner, mm -hmm. right? So if you came 30 years later after somebody discovered that you, you still actually had an interest. Well, if they purchased, which technically is optional, if, if you're paying cash, you don't have to get an owner's policy. Um, you, as long as they have a title policy, an owner's title policy, if you came and tried to assert that interest, that policy would step in and defend you. You'd have legal counsel from the underwriter that underwrote that policy to actually defend you as an owner and most likely probably come up with some sort of a settlement with you and pay you some sort of an interest or accommodation for your interest in the property. Makes sense. What about three things homeowners need to know about title? Top three things. Wire fraud. That's a big one right now. Mm. Wire fraud. Most people just don't understand the severity of it if you don't deal in it every day. Um, the numbers are, I, I, I can't even keep up with the numbers and the amount of money that's, that's lost every year from just not following proper secure procedures. And it, I know that people get frustrated. That's one of the things that we get more so on the residential side. And Stan can probably attest to this. They're like, well, why do we have to do that? Or why do we have, you know, well, okay, well, that's You that's guys ridiculous. are therapists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, commercial's different because they understand they're doing it on a regular basis. But when it comes to sending funds, it's just become so risky that you've got to make sure that you're verifying the wire instructions, that if you send them out to somebody, you're sending them securely and you know who it, who it is that you're sending them to, um, you know, we have a multitude of protocols that we follow. We never send wire instructions out unless we do send them securely. Mm -hmm. And then we follow up with whoever we send them to, to make sure that they got them. And then we'll ask them specific questions about the wire instructions they received because part of the big wire fraud scam now is spoofing emails, right? So people sitting out there on servers and copying emails and signatures, you guys probably get, get them, everybody gets them, mm -hmm. where it looks legitimate, but you go up in the hyperlink for the email address from, and you click on it, and it's like ABC Shoe Store, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, That's an know. important <laughs> tip for that, because yeah. that happens in a lot of other businesses, too. So it does. you need to check those emails when they're coming in like that. That's a really yeah. good point. And that's, you know, I think they're finding that, you know, ransomware attacks and all those sorts of things are coming from that, clicking on a hyperlink inside of an email. Um, it, it's just become such an issue that that's, if there's one thing that I can lose sleep at overnight is, is not knowing if these thieves, 
right, have come up with a new way that I've not yet figured out or, or been in front of. You right. know, that's so to one address. wire fraud, um, making sure that buyers and sellers understand the importance of making sure that they're verbally verifying anything that they have uh, or, or that anything they receive or anything they give to title companies. Um, second, um, having a company that you work with take the time to explain to you the process, right? Uh, if working with guys like Stan, you know, their clients trust them a ton. They've, they've gained the trust of, of their clients over the years. Us coming into the picture, we, you know, we may not see them nearly as much. Mm-hmm. So for them to know that they can trust us, it's, it's a factor of us needing to explain to them how it's going to go, what the process will be, and then being available to them. Mm-hmm. Three, um, take a deep breath whenever you run into a kink because nine times out of ten, every real estate transaction has a kink of some sort, mm-hmm. right? Just know that it's not a kink that's going to kill the deal, that you can always work through something, but take a deep breath and then ask questions rather than making assumptions. Th- th- those are probably my key key three things. Those, those, those are amazing. Three things. Yeah. Yeah, people are going to definitely be utilizing those. Um, this this one's kind of for both of you, but I want you to answer it first, Aaron. Um, would you rather work with a lawyer or work with a realtor? Now, you don't have to say realtor because you said no. No, I, well, that's one of the things that we're very fortunate about. Okay, so the, the, the short answer is realtors most likely when it comes to a market like this. Again, I, I remind you that, you know, working commercial, mm-hmm. it's usually you're working with all attorneys and 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 right. clients. Um, it's, they're just very different. Um, working with the realtors that we work with, I love everybody we work with. We've been fortunate to kind of hand select the people that we're working with. And so we just don't have clients that give us a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stan can be difficult sometimes. But <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> you want to watch out for him if his brother's out of town. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's, it's, right. that's trouble. <laughs> He's got to push the deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. no, uh, that's that's the true answer. But um, we're very fortunate. I, I I don't know that there's a client we work with that you know uh, that I really don't enjoy. So Stan, would you uh, would you rather work with lawyers or other realtors? I mean, I. I work with realtors more than I work with lawyers. I hopefully, because if there's a lawyer involved, we got an issue, and that. So, um, and even after the fact, I try to stay away from lawyers as much as I can. So it, it's uh, and it, that's kind of one of the. I mean, I you know, you build a relationship with realtors. I mean, that's my lifeblood in our business. You know, we're kind of it's an interesting industry because you you compete with realtors for listings, but you work with them on the buy and sell in these transactions. So, I mean, how many industries are like that where you have to work with the same people you compete against? It's, it's kind of, it's kind of great in a way and it's different. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really an interesting industry that way. And, but, um, and I've had some lawyers I've worked with too, and they're great. It depends on the people you're working with and mm-hmm. just like anything, you know, like, you, you know, title work, um, you know, what I like about working with Aaron is that, you know, he's gone way beyond the call of duty on, and actually sitting down with us and said, how can we help your business? And I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, cause you know, everybody's busy right now. So, you know, when he brought Scott and I in and we actually had a chance to sit down and say, you know, how can we help you make this transaction easier? What can we do? You know, that would meant a lot to us. And I thought that was a big deal. You know, you, that's, I mean, Thanks. I know we're friends anyway, yeah. but I mean, like, you know, we had to sit down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yeah. But it was well, friendly, and, right? and then we want to figure out how to make the, the everything easier for clients, and and that's, and I think that's a good tip for anybody who has a relationship within their sphere of influence, whether it's title company, lawyers, or whatever, that you want the right team to be able to make 
it really seems simple for buyers and sellers in any transaction. And, you know, at the same time, that's before, during, and also after the sale. You know, I think sometimes after the sales, when you make your biggest impact. You know, growing up in a small town like Naples, and it was a lot smaller when we were when we were younger. It um, wasn't two hundred ninety eight people. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not. Oh, was that where two hundred ninety yeah. really? Two hundred ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> almost three hundred. <laughs> I don't really remember what the population was, but that's pretty amazing. It's really small. Um, uh, but Naples was a small town, and two ninety eight is even smaller. So yeah. you you learn how to kind of get along with everybody and not burn bridges. You know, um, yeah. you know what comes around goes around. You know, that's a big thing, and you know, and and. Um, you know, and that was kind of how Naples was growing up. Most of my friends are in business who never left Naples and been doing all different industries here, mm-hmm. you know, from building to shutter companies. They're all great guys, still good friends with them. I still mm-hmm. recommend them, you know, and all these, and because they know they've been around a long time. And if you've been around for as long as we've been in this town, you're, you're, you know, your yeah. reputation is not going to be an issue. Let me ask you this. How much ground do you wish you'd have bought <laughs> north of Pine Ridge? Oh, man. <laughs> You don't even go there. Oh, you know, I, mean, I, I wish my my father would have kept some of the properties he had. I mean, I over bet. the years back then, he, you know, he, he had a crystal ball, right? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he kind of does the whole. He, he's funny. He, you know, he's a financial guy, so he he looks at what the cost dollar cost of money in the future. But yeah, the the property we grew up in, which was in you know, you know, it's south in the water. I mean, it sold for like north of seven million just for the property. You know, I'm like, Dad, you know, you ways undersold that back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Son. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, you know, it, it's you live your life. But, anyway, you know, and, and everybody moves and buys and sells and does what they need to do. But um, which keeps us in business, I guess. Yeah. You know? Stan, um, definitely want to interrupt you. And let's get up to speed on your business. You know, where, where you say you're at Premier Plus, right? And mm-hmm. it's you and your brother and uh, it's a team. So give us uh, up to date uh, on where you guys are. Well, right now we've got about, um, you know, seven salespeople working for us who are out there from all different experiences. Um, we have um, a full-time marketing director, which you met her coming in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a full-time staffer, um, Gaylene, that does a great job of managing all the contracts from, you know, when we get them coming in, also listings, she teams the paperwork, make sure the association paperwork is taken care of, make sure all the, all the, uh, um, you know, all the, Every all it's a lot of paperwork involved in, in every yeah. transaction and, and on your side too, um, but she handles like the own homeowners disclosures and makes sure everything understands everybody and and then we follow up you know when the contract's working on negotiation but that's so we're about a, we're about ten ten we like that we're comfortable with that number mm-hmm. because we can manage everybody and 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 get enough leads to be able to support them and that's really important to me I don't want anybody not making money who's working with us it's just that would drive me crazy I, I want everybody to make money so. And so that's kind of where we are right now. And, and we tend on growing, you know, as we bring in more volume, um, you know, that'll happen. And then we have some strategic partners we work with that brings us referrals and things like that. So it's, it's been, that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, it was a, a long journey to get there. Um, my, because my brother had been doing general real estate for 25 years and I was with developers for 20. How are you guys adjusting, you know, with the title, um, with these crazy demands? Um, I'm coming in, you know, cash, crazy offer. I want to close in this amount. Like, how are you guys dealing with um, the challenges presented with no inventory in this market? So, so from our perspective, the inventory doesn't really <laughs> affect us other than volume, right? Our closing load. So, people have a lot more free time on their hands, right? Um, for them, it's a chance to take a deep breath after they've been inundated for so many consecutive weeks or months. Um, but I would say the ch- 
The challenges that we're running into right now are really more third-party related. We've done a really good job of staying and managing our internal examining, abstracting process, building commitments, you know, that all that title research I was talking about, the title history earlier. Um, you know, on I mean, we've got commercial transactions that, that could take us two to three weeks to build a title commitment on because you've got so many parcels, whether it's a golf course, an airport, a, you know, an entertainment district, whatever. Sometimes it can take a long time. And so we can, we can do a pretty good job of keeping that condensed within two to three weeks. I'll give you a per- perfect example. We've got a client that purchased a large business in the Midwest, had uh, locations in multiple states. Um, they needed a resource for survey for one of the large properties in uh, Tennessee. And we weren't able to find anybody that could get to the property for a commercial survey that could get it back within five or six months. And, you know, on residential, you know, when you hear two, three, four weeks, you know, the, I mean, that starts, you're like, when you start thinking four to five, six months, <laughs> a long time, that's a long time. Right. And so those are some of the challenges. Now I know appraisals sometimes are taking two to three weeks. Uh, now when earlier you might be able to get them done in a week, mm-hmm. right. Yep. With, with some of the lenders. Um, so the third party stuff can slow down transactions because if one of the elements of a title policy is getting survey coverage, meaning that you're insured based upon the survey, right? Well, if you can't get a survey before the transaction's supposed to close, you're not going to get survey coverage. Well, if you're getting a loan, the lender's probably not going to accept it without survey coverage, right. right? So there's a lot of factors that come into play there. So the challenges right now is not so much inventory based. It's more access to services. Yeah. Yeah, so then what about you? Well, huh. the, the market's been pretty quick, and, you know, and as you understand, and so the most important thing for buyers to be well-prepared before they go into the offer. I mean, I'm talking about your finance. If you're doing financing, have it set up. Uh, if you're going to do cash, make sure it's ready and you can prove it. You know, so before you go into the transaction or to the contract. And, you know, if it's a hot property, which a lot of these are, you know, hot properties, you're going with cash. Make sure you put, you know, something down that makes an impact. I'm talking about like a deposit or take off some contingencies, things or anything like that. So it's that's really important is be prepared. Make sure make sure these buyers are prepared for when they go in. I want to segue to talk about someone that looks up to an individual like yourself, Aaron, that has started a business uh, within the title industry. What are a couple of tricks and tips that you'd recommend if they're maybe in the business already, uh, maybe venture out on themselves or they're looking to get into it? I would say regardless of the business concept or idea, um, dump everything you have into it, right? Stay committed to what it is that you believe that you can do better than anyone else and don't vary from that. As time goes, if you develop a a successful business, those opportunities will present itself for you to venture out in different areas. But staying focused and you've got to be completely selfless because I can't tell you the number of 24-hour, 36-hour, 40-hour days I pulled without sleep in the beginning when there was just, when you know, you're doing everything. No right? one else is going to do it. No <laughs> one else is going to do it, right? And, you know, when I remember when we moved into our first office a year after I opened the company, um, I would work during the day on sales and client relationships and, you know, any infrastructure for the office while Ryan and, and his team tried to manage the transactions and keep the business going. And then at the end of the day, they would all go home. I'd change clothes and I'd paint 
and put trim up and change door handles and do all that, you know, I mean, so literally being selfless and then just know that your, your people are your biggest asset. They can never, ever be sacrificed when it comes to who gets paid first. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate that, you know, my people have never missed a paycheck ever. And that, you know, sometimes it's humbling for yourself, right? <laughs> that if you have a month or two, that's tough there. Uh, you just have to be prepared to do that. Stan, everyone wants to be a realtor. They might also want to be the mayor of uh, Naples, <laughs> as uh, Aaron calls I'm officially you. not the mayor of Naples. <laughs> I, I should have said that. Time. I'm, I'm not the mayor. I don't want to but, insult the mayor. Uh, what would you recommend to an agent maybe that just got started within the business or someone that's looking to get into real estate? Well, I, I, I definitely, you've got to have a, a, a strong plan, you know, a, a plan for how you're going to start, you know, within your own sphere of influence and, that's where a lot of realtors do start. You know, I mean, I start, I was fortunate enough to start with developers and that was a great learning tool for me. Um, working with WCI, you know, um, back in 2001 and two where I was selling high rises and that sort of thing. And really that was a great career stepping stone for me. And, um, you know, and, and I think it's just important that you learn the business from someone who knows the business and it will looking out for your best interest. I think it's okay. You know, like, the, the times when I tried to do it on my own and when I was younger, I really kind of, you know, made a lot of mistakes. Right. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, from publishing to even, you know, the first time I got into general real estate, you know, was 2007, you know, for a couple of years. And that was, and uh, was crazy because, well, first of all, it was a recession, so I couldn't make money. And it was crazy that those few years. But I think if you get a good mentor, I think that's really, really important. Have someone that's got your back, you know, or a coach or somebody like that that can, help you i mean i had that in college you know you guys do that right or yeah we do that yeah i mean we do that yeah not just for your own people right yeah yeah it's got you know yeah we 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 try to uh, own people and other people that want to want to learn you know and we try to help them out all right guys we unfortunately have to wrap this up so we are moving to our last section all right it's going to be the speed round you guys do not know these questions all right uh very short answers i want you both to answer and we're going to go flying through them so um, mostly our would you rathers. Okay. And, uh, love to hear your answer <laughs> and then why? And very, very briefly though. Okay. First of all, would you rather have a personal mate or a personal chef? Oh, personal chef all day. Uh, yes, absolutely. Personal chef. Why? Cause food's important to me. I like, I like good food and staying healthy. For sure. Yeah. If I had a personal chef, then I would be like working on like healthy food because yeah. I have a bad knack for bad food at wrong times. <laughs> so, chef all day. Yeah, yeah, chef. I agree with you guys. I would yeah. do a chef 10 times over. Uh, would you rather n- never be able to go out during the day or never be able to go out at night? Well, that would. I've never lived in that world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would. Wow. That, during That's the day. a tough one. I would, I would sacrifice during the day, but that's when, in my business, that's when you get a chance to really sit down with people. Yeah. You know, dinner is a little bit more social. Getting down, sit down and try to structure a deal with a client, it's typically done during the day outside the office, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a tough one because I need both both days and nights, yeah. you know, but, uh, and I, I pretty much work so, both days and nights. Yeah, <laughs> but, so I, I. I, I, you know, if you want to talk about like just enjoying life, you know, you spend more time. I spend more time at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I give up the days because that's when you make you again, I'm a relationship guy. So you, that's when you make relationships. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of people in a more casual setting. Yeah. Would you rather have a full tank of gas or a full battery phone? Like all the time. 
Full tank of gas. Yeah. Battery phone. Yeah, I think I would sure. say battery. Yeah, because I mean, if I if it I, doesn't take that much time. I, I can't get to somewhere to charge my phone if I don't have any gas. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. My phone, if I didn't have to worry about charging this thing, here's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Read. Yeah. Read. Read. Yeah, I got to communicate. A tough one. Yeah, I got to be able to communicate. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I'd have somebody else read and then I can. Well, then plus you can do auditory <laughs> reading and, you know, they, could, they have now they have like auditory. Like I, I'll see journal. You can actually listen to the article instead of having to read it. You know that? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. All right, <laughs> last one here. Would you rather be able to read minds or predict the future? Predict the future. Yeah, I don't want to read everybody's mind. <laughs> no way. Sales would be would really be, easy, though. Be, yeah. Sales would be Predict very be, easy. No, I don't think people know what's going on. Some people don't know what's going on in their own mind. So, I'm <laughs> no. like, you know, they've changed their mind a lot. So, I, I would, that would drive me crazy. I, I think I'd rather predict the future. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I don't want to know what's going on in my mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to, like, turn it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah. As always, you know, I want to thank you guys so much. Thank you, Aaron thank and Stan, you. for for coming on here. Uh, Real Producers is here at VentureX. Uh, we really, really appreciate everyone here listening. Uh, we're extremely thrilled to have you all, and we're pumped to bring Real Producers on the air. So stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you.